0: Are you a part of the remnant, that faithful church of the end times who stands firm while pop culture Christianity becomes a cult under the influence of a global, religious, and political power called Antichrist? Are you ready to participate in a war that is coming against our Savior and Messiah, Jesus Christ? Every military group has training protocols that prepare their men and women for warfare, from hand-to-hand combat and survival to munitions and explosives. But what about a training manual for the soldiers of God to be prepared for the spiritual warfare of the latter days? Our guest today has prepared such a manual, and he's here to talk about it right now. Hello everybody and welcome to Skywatch TV. Do we have a treat for you today? Two incredible new works from Defender Publishing will be the topic of conversation. But before we dive into the meat of today's show, let me introduce who's on deck. He holds doctorates in theology and religious education is the chancellor and founder of Biblical Life College and Seminary, Dr. Michael Lake. He's the author of multiple books and Bible studies, the senior pastor of Mount Zion Road Church in Pennsylvania, and a graduate of Biblical Life College and Seminary, Mr. Corby Shuey. Now, I'm being serious when I say it is a total treat. Dr. Michael Lake, you and I have been friends for several years. You were one of the first, if you go back to the archives, one of the very first ever guests on the original Skywatch TV when I think Gary Stearman was hosting the program. Mm -hmm. So you're talking, go back to the vault, brush off the cobwebs. Here's Dr. Michael Lake. Now, before we get started, I would love a brief overview of your relationship with Corby, because there's an interesting tidbit here that our viewers probably should know. Yeah,
1: years ago, he was a high school teacher, and he enrolled in the Master Divinity with Biblical Life. And uh, I became his mentor and saw the gift of writing in him. And I thought, this guy has the potential of being the next generation Tom Horn. That was your thought? That was my thought, okay. literally. Okay,
2: an, an improved version. <laughs> Tom, Tom 2.0. Tom 2.0. And so throughout his
1: program, right. I have basically been mentoring him to be a writer. And it, I mean, it's a great honor today to have him on here. Uh, his work is his master's thesis with us. And so it's really exciting to right. see what God is doing. And when
0: you say his master work, you're referring to his new book, for Valor, Defending the Faith of Those of Worth. Brand new from Corby Shuey. And again, today we're talking about another book by Dr. Lake, The Kingdom Warrior, Full Spectrum Spiritual Warfare, Biblical Clearing and Maintaining Your Spiritual Perimeter. These books go together like left hand and right hand, don't they, Dr. They Lake? They do,
1: and both of them are so important. You know, one of the reasons that, uh, that I wrote the book over the last 30 years, there's been a lot of books on spiritual warfare And to be truthful, there has been a lot of nonsense. I mean, people, I had a revelation. I had a dream last night. Therefore, I'm going to write a book. This is the way you do spiritual warfare. How about using the word of God?
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Now,
1: let's start with the word of God and what the word teaches us what we're supposed to do. Right. And to be truthful, a lot of things that we should be involved in spiritual warfare, we have dropped our guard. Mm. The enemy has come in. And right now evangelicalism is imploding because of what the enemy is doing and we're clueless to how he's doing it. Mm. And that's I think why God is waking up the remnant around the world and it's time for us to return back to publicity and to fight the way God instructs us to fight.
0: We were talking about that very thing earlier. You know, It's commonplace when people hear the words, especially in the church, the words spiritual warfare. There've been so many books, so many podcasts, so many radio broadcasts, so many documentaries that claim to cover this topic. And while some of them have done a great service to that very topic, like you said, a lot of them are based on almost modern day packaged mysticism, Yes, Mm -hmm. or they're using scripture to kind of framework, like you said, a dream experience that can't be biblically defended, but they just decry it to be the truth. And what you've done here is use the word of God to actually create, like I said in my opener, almost like a military handbook Mm. for how warfare is actually handled in
2: the spirit realm. And some of this, hopefully, uh, Dr. Lake will have time to get into. He goes back into the original languages, too, Mm. and further expounds, you know, we've lost some of the meaning uh, in what is actually being uh, taught here because it's not in context. We're not interpreting it exegetically. And what's fascinating with your book is it's so, so much more profound I mean, just a superficial reading, you bypass some of the major content in what the scripture is telling us to do about spiritual warfare and why and who the enemy is.
0: Yeah.
1: If you don't know who the enemy is, how can you guard against them? Right. If you don't know what the doctrine of the enemy is, one of the things when I was in the military and I served in Germany, we were literally 20 minutes from the communists in, in East Germany. And so we had to learn communist doctrine of war. We had to learn about covert operations, something the church is clueless to. You can bring in a covert operator from the the dark priesthood. And if it sounds good, they end up Mm. on TV and they end up starting publishing books. Mm. And I've actually caught them quoting from morals and dogma.
0: (laughs) Oh, for Pete's sake. Yeah.
1: No, that's, that's really a good point, Mike, because we will occasionally get pushback from people who, who think that we're spending too much time focusing on the actions of the enemy, trying to understand, as Paul wrote, we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices, uh, trying to understand the enemy so that we can discern truth from lie. And it's not that we're fascinated with the dark side, it's just we, want, we recognize that it exists, trying to understand what their motives are and their tactics so that we can counter them. Well, the Apostle Paul said it's our job to expose the darkness. Now, his audience historically understood the mystery religions because they all came out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? They were they were more well trained in that generation than experts are today. Wow! And so when he said we're not ignorant, they had they had this huge reference library, if you will, of understanding what that is, and we're clueless. And if it sounds good, mm-hmm. it appeases the flesh, it gives you a little spiritual tickle, mm, sure. We'll welcome it in because it's Satan's cotton candy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah titillation, yeah. entertainment. I want to get into the meat of this book. One of the reasons I'm assuming that you wrote it is specifically to target those in the church who need readying to engage in so much of this deterioration of the spiritual climate here in this country in Western civilization that, like as you say, have taken dream sequences and they've tried to framework this as spiritual warfare or they've taken scriptures out of context. This is kind of a twofold manual though, isn't it? It's not only for the body of Christ to basically be used to weaponize the Bible against the enemy. Now I'm not talking about those that are deceived. I'm not talking about hitting people that are deceived and confused. I'm talking about literally storm the gates of hell, declare war, on those forces of darkness that are tormenting children, they're tearing apart families at the seams. This is something that the body of Christ in the church is supposed to be engaged in, a spiritual battle. They're Mm -hmm. ill-equipped. You see a lot of nonsense going on, or it's very superficial. There might be an element of truth to what they're asserting from the pulpit, but it's very superficially delivered, and there's no meat on the bone with follow-up Q&A. There's no decompression of the subject, but it's also for uh, the layperson. You don't have to be an academic to follow this work, right? That's right. You wrote this specifically to be used so that it could be weaponized against the forces of evil. Absolutely.
1: And the, the way that my writing style is to take many times the complicated issues in the Word of God and bring it down to where the average believer that doesn't know Greek and Hebrew, I explain the significance of it without getting into all the semantics and all the different things so that they can pick up the Word of God and they get a clear vision of not only who they are in Christ, but their authority that they have in Christ and give them a tactic for overcoming the enemy in every
2: area of their lives. And Joe, I would add something. The other part I noticed in here that is really important, and this too seems to just fly over everybody's head today. It's not just the how-to manual. You push the prayer button and then you push the fasting button right. and whatever. This gets deeper than all of that, and it also addresses, I think, what is a, a, a major issue in American Christianity at least today, and that is, lots and lots of people could tell you how to be involved in spiritual warfare, but they don't practice it. Wow, I have talks uh, lately with a couple of different pastor friends. I won't even mention their names, but I've asked them that question. Are you involved in spiritual warfare? Oh yeah, well, what what does that mean? What do you actually do? Are you spending extended time in prayer? Well, no. Are you keeping your head in the word, in the Bible, even when you're not getting ready to preach a sermon? Are you yourself investing in God? Mm-hmm. Um, mm, no, not like I used to. And I'm, so I'm, oh. the feedback that I'm getting is, you know, you get up in the pulpit and you say stuff, but you're not living the life. You're not actually practicing it. And that's why your, yep. your words just come out of your mouth and fall on the floor mm. dead. And that's you right. have no power over the enemy because you're not actually living in the presence of God.
0: Mm. But
1: they got their sound bites down
2: right.
0: They got the sound bites down. They're <laughs> getting a salary. Nice car. Yeah. God's good. <laughs> yeah. In the book, The Kingdom Warrior, you talk about how the wine of mystery Babylon produces a downward spiral. Now, what does this spiral involve, and why is it such an important discussion? Because I think it falls in line with what we're talking about here, the things well, yeah. that people miss when they skim through the Scripture.
1: The wine of Babylon is very, uh, it's an adaptogenic, that it can appeal to the evangelical church, or it can appeal to the secular guy who's wanting mm-hmm. to build power. On the one hand, on the, on the church, we begin getting New Age things that are beginning to be seated in, and people get excited, maybe even give a bigger offering, okay, and, boy, we we got to double down on this. That, that's one avenue that it can happen in the church. The other is in the secular realm where they're looking to build power. But what I noticed is the same spiral as drug addiction, alcoholism, that you, you'll start out with this warm fuzzy, mm-hmm. yep. and then you'll go into almost a euphoric state, feelings of invulnerability, okay? Hard to say, harder to do. <laughs> um, but then when you turn the curve, it begins compromise, and it begins taking you in places that you would never dream going. Mm-hmm. Do you think the people today, like we've mentioned about child trafficking and the production of uh, chrome, mm-hmm. people that are doing that, this, this is beyond my ken. They didn't start out doing that. They entered in. That's right. Sure. And it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And that's only one avenue of this. Mm-hmm. For sure. They wanted money, they wanted power, they wanted wealth. And there comes a time when you get so far into the mystery religions, they have to adapt something like that to create a euphoric high that they didn't get to begin with,
2: but now they're craving and they'll do anything for that fix. And because that is appealing to the flesh, a man could start out with a sincere heart, pastoring a church, and 10 years later, he's having an affair Mm -hmm. on his wife with another. How did he go from here to here? And it's partly because instead of, again, remaining in God, being devoted to the presence of the Holy Spirit, keeping your head in the Word, instead of doing those kind of things, it's Popularity. They become yes. an idol in their church and they, now they're being worshiped. And, and weak women and weak men get together and, and they're living in the flesh already, anyway. Mm. One thing leads to another, and, and you're yeah. seeing it happen in, in mega churches all across America. Well, look at
1: the model of the mega church. It is based upon building a business, yeah. cult personality. Right. I could care less if anybody remembers who Mike Lake is, but what I care about is they know Jesus. Amen. And you're they're right. living for him. You're right. I'm nothing but a foot soldier working for my king. Mm-hmm. And Amen. it's not about me. It's about him. It's about sound doctrine. It's about living the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as long as I stay faithful to him, I want him to use me. But I also, I said, Lord, if I really start messing up, sideline me and because I think, it's not about me.
2: Yeah, And I want to ask you one thing before we move past it though. Joe asked you about the wine of mystery Babylon. Now, to the layperson that's watching this show that may not even know what Mystery Babylon even is. What are you talking about? Where does that phrase come from? It's the ancient religions that Christianity displaced hmm.
1: that go all the way back to the doctrines that the Watchers taught men of forbidden things. And I think, you know, Nimrod, when he was actually building the Tower of Babel, et cetera, he was trying to rebuild Atlantis that was lost in the Antediluvian Age. And then there were others that built on it. He serves as the cornerstone, just like Jesus is the cornerstone to the church. But they have used it to control the world ever since Babylon in one, one uh, shape or, or fashion. And uh, Christianity is the only thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: opposite of that. And what I call true biblical Judaism, first century Judaism before a lot of other things came in. At that time that was their place, now it's ours. That we are the antidote for that toxin of mystery Babylon.
0: And I think a really good follow-up question that you deal with in your book that buttresses really well with what you just said is about mystery religions, paganism, and the occult. They have a spiritual dynamic that sin by itself does not possess, correct? Exactly. That, that, and in fact, that's why iniquity is different than sin. You can
1: sin and it's not an iniquity. You can sin so much that it becomes an iniquity means to be bent towards something, that it becomes now a part of your DNA, part of your character. Anytime that we enter into something of occult origin knowingly or not, there are spirits behind that that inspire it. So the moment that you engage, that spirit comes in, you have opened the door to that spirit that begins slowly taking over your life. And that's why God said, listen, I am the Lord, your God, who delivered you out of Egypt. Now you serve any other God. You put them in my face. I'll judge you up to four generations. And what he was really trying to say is, listen, you just gave that spirit at least four generations to work with your bloodline. Mm -hmm. So you're calling back to Genesis 15 and uh, the discussion between Abraham and God, where God tells Abraham they will come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Mm-hmm. Yes. So iniquity and sin are not synonyms as we would assume in English. Right. Well, That's why when we look at Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions, but he was bruised for our iniquities. Why bruising? If you untwist something, what do you do to it? You bruise it. Right. And so the twisting that he suffered on the cross and the beatings that he suffered on the cross, and I've learned not only to plead the blood of Jesus, but to plead the bruises of Jesus oh. for those trying to come out of iniquity because it, God literally has to rewrite their spiritual DNA because it's encoded into it. Wow! And so it, it's done through repentance and systematically living the word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit because you've got to do it the reverse of how it entered into your life.
2: And, and in your book, you very clearly lay out for the average Christian, how they, can, how they can employ this in their life, how they can understand it to begin with. You know, one of the most beautiful doctrines in Christianity to me is prevenient grace, meaning that nobody ever came to God, that God wasn't first through the Holy Spirit calling them, wooing them mm-hmm. to come to him. Yes. Right, prevenient grace. But Satan has a prevenient anti-grace. Yes, he he too and his entities are constantly around you wooing you to come to them. If you, if you come to me and you do these things, you'll have pleasure, you'll have fame, you'll be accepted among right, other you know, people. Right. Uh, if you don't, then you're gonna get canceled and they're gonna shut down your YouTube account and all right, Hades right. is gonna break loose. There is a war going on and, and that's what you're saying is if you open yourself up to these entities, you are inviting them literally to take residence both in you and your home. Isn't that the whole purpose of the book of Proverbs? It's two women.
1: God's wisdom is is, is shown as a righteous woman, but Mystery Babylon Mm -hmm. is a seductress who is also a prostitute. Right. And she'll take you down to her, her dungeon and bring you into bondage. Right.
0: You guys have talked a little bit about repentance and grace. And I know that there are those that get confused about the difference between sin and iniquity or the concept of grace and forgiveness. And when you're talking about spiritual warfare and one's ability to do it successfully and within the will of God for their lives, are there different kinds of grace revealed in the Word of God?
1: There are, and everybody always loves to center on God's unmerited favor. You know, I can I can be a real idiot and God's still gonna bless me. No, right, You know, right. that's, that's, no, that's the way it's preached. Nobody's perfect, right? But in the Word of God, there are five types of grace. Of course, five is the number of grace so it works out perfectly. First is unmerited favor. Adam and Eve had unmerited favor in the garden. They should have been a grease spot, okay? But God gave them unmerited favor. But then Paul reveals their saving grace, that God gives us the grace to get saved. Those that believe in His name, they're given the power to become mm-hmm. the sons of God. Preach so it. when you get saved, that's your first act of spiritual warfare, okay? You get saved, but don't stop wow. there. Right. There's also transforming grace. There's this transformation of learning how to walk in the kingdom of God, how to bring the enemy at bay, how to begin to see God's blessing in your life and getting rid of those generational curses, all those things, getting your family clean and getting it established in God.
0: And through the power of the Holy Spirit, this is done. What is our first act of spiritual authority? For someone who is curious, like they've given their lives to the Lord, what is their first act of spiritual authority? Because you see this dramatized and B-rolled in videos and people just disclaimer that they've taken something and, and, and they've spoken life and they've declared and named and claimed. Of course, now we're kind of blurring the lines between a prosperity gospel and what is in your book. Yeah. Right. But what is the first act of spiritual authority? Do you think it resembles that? Does it have to be one of these where you stand up with your spine straight? And... <laughs> Isn't it through his power and not ours? It's through his
1: power, but the same word when John said, those that believe on him shall be given the power or authority to become the sons of God. is the same when Jesus said, behold all powers be given all authority. That's exousia, okay? every good greek lexicon the very first definition is power of choice the grace of god comes on you and for the first time in your life you have now have the power to choose jesus (laughs) if the holy spirit didn't reach out and touch you you couldn't do it but now that grace is there and so the very first act of spiritual warfare is when you make jesus christ the lord and savior of your life the second one The second one is baptism. Dr. Michael Heiser in his book, Reversing Hermon shows that not only is it identifying with the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, it's also dealing with the, with the diluvian age and that God drowned it and he brought something better out of it. Yeah, that's so good. It's all, everything is spiritual warfare, every choice that you make. You're either being inspired to God or being inspired by the devil. There is no demilitarized zone. Do you folks
2: see why I love this man? Yeah. yeah. And by the way... If you ever are in a conference where he is speaking, expect oh, yeah. <laughs> an
0: old-fashioned preacher
2: because he gets on fire yep, and brings Yes, he them. does. And he shows up every once in a
0: while. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, with just a few minutes on the clock, we want to make sure that you know how you can get your copies of both of these incredible new works in the Warriors of God special offer. When you order the Warriors of God special offer, you'll receive the Kingdom Warrior Full Spectrum Spiritual Warfare, Biblical Clearing and Maintaining Your Spiritual Perimeter by Dr. Michael Lake. But you'll also receive the brand new book by Corby Shuey, For Valor, Defending the Faith for Those of Worth. Both of these works complement each other fabulously and take you on a journey of next level comprehension of spiritual warfare. But that's not all. Right now, when you order the Warriors of God special offer, we're also including Absolutely Free, the phenomenal two-disc collection on DVD, The Final Countdown featuring Dr. Thomas Horn, Allie Anderson, and Donna Howell on how the secrets hidden within the biblical feasts unveil The Final Countdown to the return of Jesus Christ and the rapture of the church, but also included in this incredible special offer is Dr. Michael Lake's massive Sheerith Imperative data DVD library that includes 56 different Christian classic books on PDF for use on device of your choosing. Understanding the Kingdom audio series, the Eastward biblical software for Windows, and several TV appearances featuring Dr. Michael Lake. All of these items hold a retail value of $95, yours now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. Trust me, it's not a special opportunity that you want to miss out on. Make sure you go to the skywatchtvstore.com. You can also use the QR code that's on your screen right now using the camera app on your phone. Do it right away. Ladies and gentlemen, with just a few minutes left on the clock, Michael, and these always go so fast. We try so hard to get as much from these works jammed into these episodes, and there's never enough time. But biblically, and I know that there's not enough time to do this exhaustively, but what does the Hebrew word Torah mean? And how did we arrive at translating it as law?
1: Did you ever notice you mention Torah to a Jew, they get a smile on their face. Yes. You mentioned Torah to a Christian, we get this big frown. <laughs> uh, and a lot of it is, is uh, things are lost in translation. Many times the culture doesn't translate. Torah in Hebrew means the loving instruction of the father. It paints a picture gotcha. of a father teaching his son how to hit a target with an arrow. And the little boy falls short. And so he kind of leans over, lifts up the bow and says, son, next time, aim a little higher. That's literally the picture that it paints. Well, When we get into the Greek, the Greeks had no word for that. I don't know if they didn't have loving fathers or what in (laughs) in the Greek, but they didn't have a word for that. So they they used the word that means in the course that it should run, whether it's a law or whatever. (laughs) But when we get to the Latin, they use lex for law and Roman law is harsh. Uh, they crucified you if you violated it, okay? And because of what they did with the Vulgate Bible, we have extrapolated that understanding of Roman law and we've applied it to God. Wouldn't it sound crazy if I said we have been redeemed from the loving instruction of the Father? Hmm. Hmm. You see how things are lost in translation. Yes. What God has said is always going to be sin. Is sin because every one of those lets the enemy in? Hmm. And so he's saying don't do these things, the enemy will eat your lunch, but if you do these things I can bless you. Mm. Is the purpose of Torah. Mm. And just imagine God in 613 laws, established a nation, a constitution, a priesthood, and every aspect of society in 613 laws, or mitzvot. How many millions of regulations do we have in the books in America? The Torah itself is a legislative miracle of how to walk with God. And yet because of are not understanding that as well as a lot of bad theology that starts with Marcion, who, by the way, was thrown out of the church as a heretic by Polycarp who called him the firstborn son of Satan. Hmm. And his doctrines were picked up by Augustine and then many others. Uh, It's actually severing us from understanding what the gateways to the enemy are.
2: So we're talking about the Torah and the law and how these words get interconnected. But in Romans 13, Paul actually reveals some interesting things about the law of God when believers are truly walking in love. And that was one of the things that you covered in your book. Can you share that with us? Yeah,
1: when we pull up the original Greek word, that fulfill is a variation of plerou It's a little bit different. It uses the same root word, but it paints a picture. It paints a picture. In the ancient world, when a ship would come in, that was the lifeblood of any community that, you know, all of a sudden you could have plenty again because they brought in food, they could bring in soldiers for protection, all these different things. He uses a word that represents a ship fully loaded with all the gifts and all the merchandise that when we walk in love, we give power to God's Torah to be that which God originally intended to bless everyone around us and not to bring harm another thing I want to bring up that we, we kind of skipped on, the, the five different levels of grace, we have unmerited favor, we have saving grace, we have transforming grace, but there's also empowering grace. When Zerubbabel, when he was told that he was going to complete the work and he completed the temple, when he stood in that completed temple, he yelled out grace because grace had empowered him to do that, which was impossible for, for decades, mm. that God gave them a supernatural anointing to do it. And the one I think is most pertinent to where we're headed is enduring grace, that God gives wow. us a stick to mm. that allows us to be like those Navy seals in the kingdom of God, that we can hold the line no matter if we got to stand toe-to-toe with the Antichrist before Jesus comes back. That's when we need to be endued with empowering grace on high to stand the ground and proclaim truth, even when the whole world is followed after error. That's Man, so that's good. a
0: needed word, yes. Did you guys enjoy this today? Just oh, yeah. not what we need right now? Yes. Next week, our guests return to talk about whether modern-day church is being influenced by doctrines of demons. It's not one you're going to want to miss. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Michael Lake, thank you for being here today. Corby Shuey. He'll be back next week. For everybody in studio. I'm Joe Horn. Keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. We'll be back. We want to make sure that you know how you can get your copies of both of these incredible new works in The Warriors of God Special Offer. When you order The Warriors of God Special Offer, you'll receive The Kingdom Warrior, Full Spectrum Spiritual Warfare, Biblical Clearing and Maintaining Your Spiritual Perimeter by Dr. Michael Lake. But you'll also receive the brand new book by Corby Shuey for Valor, Defending the Faith for Those of Worth both of these works complement each other fabulously and take you on a journey of next level comprehension of spiritual warfare. But that's not all. Right now, when you order the Warriors of God special offer, we're also including absolutely free, the phenomenal two-disc collection on DVD, The Final Countdown. But also included in this incredible special offer is Dr. Michael Lake's massive Sheereth imperative data DVD library, All of these items hold a retail value of $95, yours now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling.